hello, it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Casey Bear over Zoom video. Casey was born and raised in Los Angeles in the Valley, and she talks about how she got into music. From the moment she could speak, she was humming and singing, writing songs, I think at six. There's a picture of her on her Instagram at eight. She threw a birthday party where she had a DJ and she took the mic and did a bunch of songs for her friends. She told us about attending a writing camp when she was 16. She had never written a song at this time. Uh, and she wrote her first one and had to perform it for this songwriting group. So she talks about how that went. Early writing sessions she had when she was 17, 18 years old. Eventually working with Sophie Simmons, who we've had a chance to interview. She's great. Obviously her dad is Gene Simmons of Kiss, but you can go back and listen to Sophie's interview. Highly recommend it. It's awesome. But uh, Casey works with her. She's the executive producer on Casey's record. So we talk all about her brand new EP and this tour she's doing with Jesse McCartney. You can watch our interview with Casey on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be awesome if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Casey Bear. Hey. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am fantastic. I love the skateboard decks behind you. Thank you. Harold. Those are sick. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I love them. This is my room. Oh, nice. What what company made those? Or did you just um, they're by Hylus. Oh, those are dope. Like <laughs> yeah, I grew up skateboarding. So right away I'm like, oh, those are sick. The ironic thing is that was like the one thing my brothers and I were never allowed to do is skateboard growing up. Like there were like no rules, but there were no skateboarding. Really? Uh, yeah. what, just too dangerous or something? I, that's it's like too dangerous. Like we all played sports and stuff like that. And I guess my parents just like heard so many stories about like every kid breaking their arm or leg skateboarding. And, and then one kid died at my school. Skateboarding? Not, yeah. But he was skateboarding like a gigantic mountain. Okay. And what but fell? He, he just was going, he went, he ended up going like 50 miles an hour down this hill on a skateboard. And there was like a little tiny little pebble and he flew oh, and oh cracked his head open and like, that's like, crazy. Outside, it was, it was really bad. Oh, it wow. was like, I want to say in like 10th grade. What but a way I to think, start this interview. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> I thought you're going to be like, because the skater kids are always like the degenerates that were smoking cigarettes. And no. that was more my parents are like, I don't know if you, I want you hanging out with these degenerates. And I'm like, well, I'm going to hang out with them anyway. And then skateboarding. Where did you grow up? Uh, San Diego. Okay. Yeah. 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 Where so are you I grew from? up in LA. Oh, okay. Not too far yeah. away. One of the very rare ones. Sure. I know. There's not many people from Southern California that are either living yeah. there still or actually born and raised there. No, completely. But we all like played sports and my parents were just like, not we, my brothers were also like, we're a big baseball family. Mm -hmm. So my brothers were also not catchers. Oh, and I played soccer and like, I wasn't a big goalie. Okay. Well, that makes sense. I wouldn't want my son. I have a six year old and he plays oh. baseball and I, I don't want him to be catcher either. Like they're starting yeah. to put kids as catcher and I'm like, yeah, I don't need the ball hitting with the balls. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. No. No, um, but yeah, so that's awesome. So you're born and raised in LA. Uh, I'm Adam, by the way. I don't even know if I told I'm you Casey. to introduce myself to you. Pleasure. Uh, pleasure to meet you as well. Again, I appreciate you doing this. Um, of course, thanks for having me. Yes, I love your uh, EP. I really want to talk to you about that, obviously. Yes, thank you. And Sophie Cinnamons produced it, right? Yeah, she was my executive producer. That's killer. I've interviewed her before. She is a legend, obviously from a, a legendary family as well. But um, she's the... She's literally a genius. Like there's nothing that woman cannot do. I know. Like, she writes a song in five minutes. Really? That she works that quickly. So quickly. That's like, crazy. So quickly. I know some of the songs she puts out. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like Leah Kate, she wrote some songs for her and those yeah. and she's blowing up. And like, it's, it's awesome to see her career really do what it's doing. She's amazing. And I've learned 
so much. Like I'm so grateful for Sophie and she's like the most incredible mentor. And like, we've become so close. And so that's incredible. I love that. She, yeah. She's a lot more like behind the scenes when it comes to the yeah. industry, as opposed to her, her dad being like, you know, front like center. Different, <laughs> yeah. different, you know, sure, levels sure. of out there behind the scenes type of vibe. Right, right. Very cool. So you're born and raised in L.A. What part of L.A. did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in the Valley. OK. And how did you get into music? I did see I was uh, stalking your Instagram for a little bit here just to kind of do some research. And I saw a picture of you. You were like eight. And you're like holding a microphone. Yeah, that was so, at my eighth birthday party. Actually, I had really? a birthday party. Yeah, we had a DJ because like growing up all I mean, like I played sports, but like most little kids do. Mm-hmm. But since I was like, since I could speak, I and even when I was a baby, I was humming. And my parents were like, what is this kid doing? And nobody in my entire family, like distant everything has any sort of musical anything. Really? Oh, so, yeah. No, it's weird. We're like, who is whose kid is this? <laughs> if I didn't look like them, it would be weird. That'd be questionable. But um, yeah, so I was, as soon as I could talk, I was singing like Mary had a little lamb with like vibrato and like on key. And they're like, who is this? Wow. So and, did they really embrace that? We're like, okay, oh she can God, sing yeah. really well. Let's put they're her like, in chorus and choir. And <laughs> like, who that? Whose kid is that? But then I went to my first concert. I was three. And I went to the Hillary Duff concert and I was on my uncle's shoulders and I was hysterically crying because I wanted to be on stage with her singing. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Hillary Duff was your first concert. That's awesome. Yeah. Hillary Duff was my first concert. And <laughs> ever since then, I was like, well, she did it. I could do it. Yeah. Right. So and she- that was the moment where I was like, I'm going to be a pop star. And you can remember that three years old. That was like one of my first memories. Wow, that's awesome. And you remember being on your uncle's shoulders and yeah. at the show. I just wow. remember like seeing her right there. And I was just like in awe. I was like, I want to go up there. Like, why can't I sing with her? I do that. Sure. So and were you a Lizzie McGuire fan or is that all before I your love time? Lizzie McGuire. Okay. No, totally. That's like it came out, I want to say in like oh three. So I was uh-huh. three. I'm a two thousands baby. Oh man. I was like okay. two or three. I'm old. wow okay so yeah you're watching that around the same time and then you went and saw her concert that's killer that's awesome and then you know the lizzie mcguire movie came out i think a couple years later and i was just like oh my god this is my queen did you watch what was her other movie something cadet oh cadet kelly cadet kelly i love that movie (laughs) i I love that movie it's a great movie and then she was on the bachelor recently i saw that i was like what yeah you didn't see that one of the most recent seasons They like went to her house to um, they like threw her kid a birthday party. You didn't see that. Uh, maybe you just don't watch The Bachelor. Who knows? <laughs> she was on it. This? Yeah, they were at her house, like throwing her kids a birthday. party. I can't remember if it was how, how to be The Bachelor. How do how does The Bachelor throw a birthday party for? Because it was like, oh, let to see how you act around children. You know, you know, they do the stupid oh, like, uh, so like challenges. It was a group date. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so I'm just feeding you all this amazing bachelor I'm knowledge like, that I know. No, I'm gonna have to go look this up after. You will. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna have so many hours on the butt on like tour in the van. I'm just good. Like I'm collecting up like everything I need to watch. Okay, Jesse. Oh yeah, you're doing the Dutch Jesse McCartney tour. Yeah, I leave in That's two days. So cool. Have you toured yet? Or is this no, your first, first experience? Tour. Wow. First okay. We'll get there as well. I want to talk to you about that. Um, but yeah, I forgot what season it is. I bet if you just Googled the Hillary Duff bachelor, yeah. it was recent. You could probably find it on like Hulu. Oh, I will. So find, that's literally what <laughs> just look for that exact episode. Cause you're not really, there's really no reason to dig deep into the most recent. Oh, no, I'm so excited. Okay. But now I'm so excited. I have something to watch tonight. There you go. Um, um also, her son and my dog have the same name, Luca. Really? Yeah. Did you name her your your dog after her son? No, I think or my no, dog. No, I just happened to find that. Oh, your dog's older than her kid. Okay. Oh, I don't. He, my little, my puppy's seven. Oh, I, I don't know her kid. Oh, I don't know how old her I'm kid not, is. I don't have that. De- uh, I'm not that deep of You're a dive into Hillary Duff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Okay. So Hillary Duff, your first show, you started singing early, early, early on. Obviously, in that picture, you're eight singing. Did you? Do you play an instrument or did you like, I play piano? I piano? started playing piano when I was about five. Wow. And 
it was starting to stop for a while. Okay. Five-year-olds are not great at focusing, especially when, you know, my teacher wanted me to play like classical in the books and everything. And I was just like, yo, I want to play Hillary Duff. Right. And why do they do that? that? I don't get that. Like, I don't I've know. had this conversation before where it's like, if you want to have a kid, like really learn music and embrace Especially it. a young, young kid. Right. Teach them the songs they want to know. Especially when they're eager to learn. Right. They can go back years later once they have the concept of everything and learn exactly. Bach if they feel like it. But there's like, real no I don't even reason. I barely remember how to read music at this time, at, like at this point. Which is like, like I never read music. I probably don't think I could anymore. I don't know if a lot of people do. I mean, maybe you're a session musician that has to like be able to just look at something and play it right away. But if you're yeah, really like writing but songs, most, like musicians play by ear or by chord. Right. Exactly. Wow. Okay. So you did piano. Were you? Um, and you're on and off with piano. Okay. How old are you in musical theater? Six. Okay. My first show, it was high school musical. Wow. Okay. I loved it. And ever since then I was like, okay, this is what I do. I perform on stage. Did you continue with that? Like through middle school and high school? I continued with it. I think my last show, I was about 14. Okay. Which was wicked. Oh, nice. I was like maybe 12. Okay. I was, I was Glinda. Wow. Okay. Did you like that? You said you had a birthday party and that's what your eighth birthday party where you're singing on the mic. That was, was that. It? Yeah. Was that, that like was a karaoke that. party or like, what was the birthday like theme? It was, we had a DJ. It was just, you had a DJ and you're like, okay, give me the mic. I'm going to sing like, we were songs doing for like these people. Karaoke. We were doing like karaoke and dancing and it was in my backyard. And okay. it was just, it was a moment. And I was like, let me sing a song and like none of my friends. So growing up, I was none of my friends really did music. Like all of my friends were just like school friends or friends mm-hmm. from soccer. And cause when I did musical theater, I was usually one of the younger ones mm-hmm. and like 15 year olds don't want to hang out with a six year old. <laughs> usually not. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, like I was down to when I was 15, but like, whatever. Right. And but when you were six, the 15 year olds weren't down. Yeah. Kind of okay. not. So a lot of my friends never were musical and I was kind of like the only one that like had that interest. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, okay, I'll sing. You guys can enjoy. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. When did you like find your tribe of people that enjoyed, like that were playing music and writing music? Was that later in life? That's like recent. Okay. That's like actually pretty recent. And like I have the same best friend since I'm like five years old and she has zero musical anything about her, which is probably mm-hmm. why we've been best friends for 16 years. Okay. But that was kind of the way it was growing up. I didn't have that many friends that were musical. Mm-hmm. So it's just so, something you did and not other yeah, people. That you're like my friends would come support me, but they never like fully did it with me. Got you. Did you write songs or anything like that through high school? I wrote my first song when I was like six. Wow. It was called Butterfly. I do not remember it at all. You remember but the title? I also wrote one called Down on the Farm, which was literally Old McDonald, but I just like changed up the words a little bit. <laughs> so Down on the Farm in the Valley of Los Angeles. Literally. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay. So well, so when did I you start? Off- yeah. Took Sorry, a hiatus for about 10 years. Okay. So at 16, you come back to at writing 16, songs. I went to a writing camp with James Fauntleroy and he's like one of the kings of writing. Like he's so talented. He writes for Rihanna, Bruno Mars, Kanye, like wow. Justin Timberlake. Like he's phenomenal. And how did you, where'd you find out? Of, was this guy running the, the songwriting camp? He was. Or just like there. The the featured writer got you like you okay. went to the camp for him okay like, he didn't like own the camp yeah but, but he was the guy like kind yeah of, that's why you attraction sure sure yeah so i had no idea how to write a song at this point i remember and i was so nervous so right before that i had really terrible anxiety mm-hmm. and i stopped going to school for a little bit lost all of my friends because people oh, wow. In LA, surprisingly, we're like, oh my God, she's homeschooled. Like that can't happen. So other than my best friend, I had no friends for a little while. And I felt like so shunned and isolated because 
everyone was super like, oh my God, no, which was super hard. And I definitely think it made it worse, especially because I was hiding it the whole time. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, no one can know there's something wrong with me. Like other right. people don't feel like this. So when Justin Bieber released his purpose album, that mm-hmm. was the first time I ever, I ever heard anyone speak about anxiety and not being perfect mm-hmm. because especially growing up in LA, it's like show the best, hide the rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Or I don't like that, but it does make sense. No, totally. So when he released purpose, that was the first time I heard someone talk about not being perfect. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh my God, like someone I already love feels like this. Right. And, and someone that, that looks like him and sounds like him and can write like him. It doesn't, yeah. you know, it's like, Oh wow. Like other people really go through this, even though you'd look at him and be like, Oh, this dude's perfect. totally <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm, like a kid and I'm like, Oh my God, like I'm not alone. And that was the moment I was like, so if he can make me feel like this through his music, if I could do this even a quarter of the amount for even one person, like that's my dream because I I would not be in this position if I didn't hear his music at that Mm -hmm. point when I really needed it. Right. I mean, I feel like with, I mean, I don't know, I guess it could go both ways. Like with social media now, maybe it, easier for kids to like seek out people that are speaking to that in a positive way. But like, also it's the other way around with, it's like, let's show your best self. Uh, What was it? Show the best, hide the rest. The best, hide the rest. I mean, that's totally what, like pretty much a lot of social media to the T. right? Exactly. (laughs) So yeah, that's, I mean, wow. Yeah. So that's kind of how I started into writing and I remember I got to the camp and I was like I have no idea what I'm doing but I was so determined because I was like all right I've got to do what he did for me to somebody else so mm-hmm. I remember I tried to write this song he was like you guys have three hours to write a song and then we're gonna perform them I'm like oh my god I don't know how to write a song so yeah. I remember I did, did it help you or like what like no because just go, oh, here's I was the paper, only person there that never wrote a song oh wow so I'm like and like I knew like conceptually how to do it and like i played piano so i like couldn't have the music mm-hmm. but i wrote this song and then he made us all perform it for everyone and i was like how terrifying was that great i'm performing is like where i'm most comfortable so okay. it's like i was like that was like the only time i think it was ever like a nervous to perform like that's usually where i'm most comfortable like never in my life have i ever had any ounce of like oh no it's always been like, okay, I'm ready. Right. But I mean, you have to be vulnerable, right? You got to show this group of people. Who are all writers. That, right. The song that you just wrote and you hadn't done it before. So it's like, okay, not only do I have a song that I just wrote, but I've got to like share it with all these people that are also songwriters. I mean, yeah, that, gotta, that had to be really difficult. And so I remember performing it and I was like, I completely bombed it. Like it was horrible. So bad. And at the end, he stood up and started clapping and like everyone stood up and started clapping. I'm like, I don't know why you guys were clapping. That was terrible. He's like, no, you did exactly what I wanted you to do. He was like, because you will never have a song or do anything that was like this or felt like this again, because he's like, the words are there and everything is there, but you just need to learn it. And from that moment on, he's like, you literally couldn't have done it better. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, whatever you say, I'm going to listen to you because you write for one of my favorite people. So I can see where he's coming from. I mean, if you like you got, you know, you got over the hump, right? It's like, okay, it was like like getting over the hump kind of right. Or if you like you were in like recovery or something, if you like hit the rock bottom of the rock bottom, all I can do is go up now. Right, right, right. Was that something that was hard to like kind of digest what he was telling you and like, were you totally. self-conscious about moving forward with songwriting or after that? I was much? Like, oh, okay. I remember literally right after that. And I was like, Oh, thank you so much. I remember like I walked out of the room and walked near my mom's car and I was hysterically crying. Oh, and wow. I was like, Oh my God. Like I just bombed that. And I was like, he said you did, a, but I was also the youngest there. I was 16 and everyone else was like over 18. So my mom had to come. Oh, sure. Okay. And I was like, I just bombed it. Like everyone thinks I'm, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then my mom was like, but he just told you he you did exactly what he wanted you to do. Mm-hmm. And so then I remember from that moment, I was like, okay, like I did that. And then that gave me after he was like, it's going to give you the confidence to 
like know that like it's only going to get better type mm-hmm. of vibe. And that gave me the confidence to continue to go in with these other writers that knew how to write for the rest of the weekend and write music with them and open up and share feelings. And that's also another hard thing. Sometimes writing is like getting comfortable with someone you just met like five minutes ago and like telling them your life story. Right. They're like, so what do you want to write about? You're like, uh, well, and you got to like give them the deepest, darkest secret. Oh, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> well, this is how like my life is really sad right now. We're like, I'm sad or like, I'm so happy, like just giving them everything raw and everything. So it's that also showed me how to do that as well, mm-hmm. which was I- definitely a learning curve at that current moment. But after that, for about like a six months, I was just like, I still don't understand this totally. Mm-hmm. And then I started writing more and more and more. And then I kind of, it clicked. And then you, that you was remember really, the moment it clicked, like, were you like, Oh, this is yeah. the song. There are a few moments I like vividly remember one of my, like the one where I was like, like the best song I ever wrote was like in that time was with one of my good friends. Who's also, he's an amazing writer. He writes for, like everyone he's actually on like the top 40 charts right now but his name is nick lopez and he was like one of the first like big writers that i worked with or he was the first Mm -hmm. and that was really exciting because the song that we wrote together was one of my favorite songs that i'd written that was the moment where i was like okay i'm a good writer Mm -hmm. i felt like if i can work with him then i was like kind of like I had done something correct. Right. Right. Validated what you're doing. Totally. So that was, that was definitely one of the moments where I was like, you go girl. Okay. Did you release the song? No, the song is actually not released. It's called let go. It probably won't ever be released. I wrote it when I was like 17. Okay. Wow. You, so you're working with them that young. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. No, he gave me a shot. Rad. And from there, did you continue to work with other writers and kind of just develop your craft? Like totally. what, what happened from there? Okay. From there, I just, I got the bug and anytime, you know, I was still going through all the anxiety and I hid the anxiety for a really, really long time because I was so, you know, like, oh my God, people are going to think of me like I'm weird. And mm-hmm. like I said, it showed the best hide the rest. And after a really long time, I noticed that like people were starting to talk about it more and it did take me a while. I think I was probably about 19 when I was like, hi, I have anxiety. I'm not Mm -hmm. perfect. It was really hard for a lot of years, but I'm here now. I still have my moments. I'm 21 now and I still have my moments. Mm -hmm. I'm 37 now and I, and I always have my moments. I have struggled the same thing. So don't, don't worry about it. Yeah. But one of the coping things that's helped me the most is writing. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, that's probably therapeutic for you, I would imagine. So, ther- so therapeutic. Like anytime I'll have like a feeling, I'm just like, oh my God, where's my phone? I need to write in my notes or like I'll be driving and I'm like, hey, Siri, open my notes and write blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's smart. And then that's how like a lot of my songs are born. I'll like go, I'll look after I like stop driving because like that's not safe. <laughs> and, yeah, PSA. don't want to do that. <laughs> Here's a quick and, PSA. <laughs> yeah, don't don't write music while driving kids. There you go. Um, if you're going to use Siri, but <laughs> um, so like after that, I'll like see the idea, and sometimes she kind of butchers it, but oh, I'll really? be, like fix a little bit and add to it because like mm-hmm. if I if I have like I'll have the feeling, and then sometimes I could forget it, but once I read it again, it'll open it back up. Mm-hmm. So I'll write like a little brief there. And then next session I have all before the session, I always go into my notes. I have fa- tens of thousands of notes on my phone. Wow. And I like organize them like by things I'm feeling right now. And I never delete old ideas because that's what a really if, smart idea. Or that's a smart, ago, yeah. That's a concept I like. That's mm-hmm. definitely happened to me. I'm like, a, go back to an old concept or like a word that I wrote down. I'm like, it's a cool word. But it just wasn't something that hit at that moment. Yeah, it wasn't the time. Wow. Four sessions, I pick about three or four ideas. And then we pick the vibe or whatever and then talk about them. And my favorite thing to do is see what idea out of like those couple people vibe with the most. And then we usually use that as like the liftoff. Awesome. So when you go into a songwriting session, I'm not a songwriter, but uh, I enjoy talking to them. 
so you go into a session, you're like, okay, I'm gonna go through my notes. I have, you know, this idea, this idea, and this idea. And then you walk in, you meet, say they're new people, right? They're like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, I'm, I'm Adam or I'm blah, blah, blah. And then they just go, what do you want to write about? Is that kind of like set the stage? Like, how does that work? I'm always so, so curious. It is different sometimes with other writers, but generally the way I always write is I'll come in with like song inspiration. Like, okay, so today I want to write like, I don't know if I can curse on here, but like an Yeah, F- you can say whatever you want. Okay. So like today I want to write a fuck you song there you go. and about something like that. So I have the kind of musical inspiration in my head. I'm like, okay, I want something like sometimes I'll bring in a song that of an artist I love. And I'm like, I want it to be in this lane, this vibe. Okay. So we'll go with that. And then we'll start picking beats and chords for things that, you know, hit. And once we've got a little something, we start talking about the idea. So you know, we're talking about an idea. We have, you know, producer working on that at the same time, mm-hmm. whether he's also the writer or, or she. And so then we're working on that at the same time. And as the song starts to build, we'll start like putting into our phones and like voice memos, like little melodies that we're hearing could be for verse, chorus, pre, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then whatever we feel like is the most solid melody for whatever part. And like we could fit in a few words that we're we've been thinking about. And usually we'll like talk about the idea and like get a few other, you know, like sentences or like go into depth about whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So then we'll try and start fitting a few of those things in with that melody. And that's kind of how that usually works. And then wow. we go through it. And with like speaking to the new record like working with Sophie Simmons, like was she somebody that came to you and was like, cause an exec explain her role as executive producer. Does she kind of like oversee the whole, the whole project or, totally. and, and then how does she, you, how do you guys get in contact and how does this whole thing kind of unfold? So I DM Sophie actually on Instagram because I okay. loved her work and I loved her writing. And I was like, yo, like if she responds, amazing. If she doesn't like, all right, I get it. And she responded. And I wow. was like, oh my God. And she gave me a chance. Our first session together was actually in April. I think it was probably April. I have it in my phone. I think it was probably like April 18th, something like that. So like a year ago. A yeah, like a almost exactly ago. a year ago we met for the first time. I had DM'd her, I believe, in November or December. And this was like the first time we were able to get into a session together in person. And wow. Did she respond pretty quickly? She was, I think she responded within like next day or two. Wow. And I remember like opening my DMs and I was like, oh my God, she responded. (laughs) And so we started writing a song. And from the second we started writing, I was like, oh my God, she's the most incredible writer. And she just got me from the second I started talking about what I wanted to write about. She understood it and understood me so quickly, which was the most amazing thing because it's like, you know, writing with someone, sometimes like the message gets a little bit lost because other people have different interpretations of your idea. And then it kind of gets sweeter a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so she just got it, like hit the nail on the head with exactly what I was saying. And like, we were kind of just in sync and I was like, yo, like this chick gets me. And then I was like, I need more sessions with her. I remember like telling my mom at the time I was like, yo, like, she's she's it she's a real deal i remember like we were contacting her managers to get more sessions and after a little bit i was like i knew i was going to put out an ep at some point in the near future Mm -hmm. and i was like she needs to help me with it because i was like that's the best song i've ever written that's the song i feel most connected to did it make the record it is not on the record actually okay did you ever put it out no, it is not out. Oh, wow. And okay. It probably won't ever see the light of day. But you have some bangers that you haven't put out. Okay. It's called Easy If I Hated You. All right. But yeah, the song's probably never going to see the light of day. But <laughs> it's, a, it's a great song. Okay. But it's just not like the music I'm putting out right now. Mm-hmm. And so then we just started working together. And a lot of the sessions were over Zoom. And she set up sessions with all these amazing producers on every different continent like 
I was working with people in Sweden, people in London, people here, like people in New York, like everyone was all over the place. Mm-hmm. And this was like still during like COVID times ish. So the first couple of sessions were definitely in like a Zoom setting. Yeah, was that weird? Song, it was weird, but it just kind of worked, but it was definitely mm-hmm. weird at first. And then it, you kind of like get the hang of it. And then are you cutting the vocal at your house or something? Like, how did that all work? So the first song that made it onto the EP that we wrote together was Wonderland. Okay. Which is the first the one. First on song. The and it has like, yeah. it has that really cool, like it, it reminds me of like, um, Alice in Wonderland. Like a, or yeah, no, yeah, the lyrical, yeah, but like the lullaby, it has like that yeah. like child like a like a like like a jewelry box. Right, a jewelry box. That's what I was trying to go for. Yes. That's cool. That's a really cool song. Thank you. It was so we wrote that over Zoom and then the amazing producer, Mike Fatkin, who I love, he also produced Never Have I Ever. Oh, really? Okay. He's phenomenal. I love him. And so I went into his place and we recorded it there. So that was the first song that made it onto the album that we recorded. Okay. And and, then she, and she was pretty, she was kind of helping you over zoom. And then you had the like lyrics or whatever and the melodies and you went and sang in a, his studio. Yeah. I think she was probably okay. in like Sweden at the time. So. Yeah. I think wasn't she in the UK or lived in the, I, I remember, I think I interviewed her and she might've been. She travels like a lot. London or something. I can't remember. Yeah, totally. She travels a lot. Okay. So, so wow. I recorded it's, it with Mike. Okay. And, and then how long, how many sessions do does, I mean, it must've been a handful of sessions, right. To write the record. Definitely. I, okay. there were at least 20 other songs that we had written that just didn't make it. Okay. And, and then how do you narrow down what became the six for the EP? So, once we started writing them, there was a song that we wrote. The first one that I fell in love with was obviously Wonderland. Mm-hmm. But then it moved over into like a little bit of a Rocky-ish vibe. Yeah, there's definitely some, yeah, some and pop punk-ish Yeah, like the first one was Lover and Psychopath. Okay. And as soon as like we wrote that and like I heard it, I was like, yo, we need to have more songs like this. And mm-hmm. I felt like that was just super me because that was also music I loved. In general, like I'd listen to like Avril Lavigne vibes the best. Mm-hmm. And, okay, yeah, I can hear that. Um, so as soon as we did that, we kind of changed gears a little bit. Mm-hmm. So after that one came R.I.P. In like that rocky world, that like sure. pop rock. And so that's kind of how that happened. And then I, I went through a little breakup of my long distance relationship right before my birthday, which is never have I ever. Is that the one that's the one with the piano? Yeah. I love that that song. That's a great song. It's like that was the first song I cried recording and writing. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. That's a great song. And it, it, it it fits on the record for sure. It just doesn't sound like any of the other songs on the record. Totally. Which is what I thought was really fun about it. Cause conceptually it fit in with, you know, kind of the vibes of the concept. Mm Mm-hmm. For sure, to make them like a perfect body of work that were all like fluid, mm-hmm. but the, sonically it was definitely a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I it happened like two days before that session, and I was I was a mess, and I was so sad. And so I walked in and I started telling them the story, and we're like, I remember Sophie being like, okay, well I know what we're writing about today. And we started writing. And then when I was going to record, I was like, oh, my God, I think I'm going to cry. And then I just remember, like, they just made it so comfortable and amazing where I was like, I remember like a tear dripping down my face. And I was like, guys, like, this is so sad. And I remember Sophie sitting like right behind me on the couch being like, oh, I'd come give you a hug, but you're, you just sound so amazing right now. So please just keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Okay. So like in, at the end of the song, you can kind of hear that. I'm like, be together is the last I have to line. go back and listen to it and, and see if I can catch it. Yeah. So the last little chunk, I was definitely 
a little emotional. Oh, wow. Okay. And I'm, I'm curious because I have a press release for you and the EP track listing is different than what is on your Spotify. And was that something that you guys hadn't solidified yet or were those just songs or did you guys, or did you go back and kind of rearrange how the record was going to sound like sonically through? So the order on Spotify is the order we had talked about Mm -hmm. and like the whole, it was like when we discussed order, it was always that. Oh, okay. So that we also did have a different EP name like previously, which I don't think I had said before, but I'm not going to say the title because I think I want the title to be the name of my album. Okay. I see. So, you know, uh, yeah. Cause the, the EP, it doesn't have the name. It just, ha- it's, it's still not- set. It's still not that girl though on there. Yeah. Press release I have, but the first song is lover and psychopath. Then it goes, never have I ever not that girl. Oh. RIP to get personal wonderland. Was that's that just the way, order that you released? The order I released them. That's what I thought. Okay. And then on like Spotify, it's, Wonderland. It's you, yeah, it's how you how you wanted the record sonically to sound in mm-hmm. that order. Gotcha. That kind of story. Very cool. And yeah, so then Not That Girl, the title of the EP was the last song we wrote, actually. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And, and we then, literally wrote that like two months ago. Wow. So that's a really new half. Yeah, like super new. Okay. And as soon as I wrote, we wrote that song, I was like, this is the title. Okay, like we, right we just knew I actually maybe even a month ago. I don't even know. It was very, very recently, but the song just kind of, I knew I wanted to write something like that because I am, I don't know if you've heard the song, but no, I have, I've heard the whole record. Oh, well, thank you. So yeah. the song really just describes, you know, me as a person, I'm not that girl. I'm not the girl that's going to go sleep around and party and you know do drugs and drugs in the what you said do drugs in the bathroom bathroom is like one of the first lines on the record yeah Yeah. (laughs) all right get high in the bathroom line oh get high in the bathroom line that's what it was like it's like get high in the bathroom line man that's nothing like me Mm -hmm. and like if that's what you do go for it like you do you and there's no shame in any of that i mean like obviously don't do illegal drugs because like you know you want to be alive (laughs) but um (laughs) Don't condone it, but I yeah. don't condone it. But if that's but what, do you what do, you're no going to do. Shame, no hate. <laughs> yeah, like, sure. And no, like no shade or anything, but that's just not who I am as a person. And I noticed like the real story is how it went is I was at a club when I was a friend and she went home with a random guy she met that night. And I went home in my Uber alone. And I was like, man, I'm not that girl. Like I could never do that. Even if I tried, I just look funny or, be awkward or fuck it up. And I was just like, I'm not that girl. And I'm like, I'm not the girl that's going to go do that. I'm not the girl that's going to do this. And I was like, and I kind of wanted to be because I was like, I feel so different from, you know, my friends and like what's popular and like girls at my age, like this is kind of what they usually do. Sure. And I was just not able to do that. And I, I'd wanted to theoretically, mm-hmm. but I, that was the night where I was like, but that's who I am. And like, that's okay because I'm not that way. And that's the way I am. And you know, that's okay. I love being this way. Because right. that makes me, me. I love that. Cause I'm sure it's a stereotypical thing that you get. Yeah. I bet you get stereotyped and all that other crap all the time. too. Always. And you're like, no, 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 no. Let me play. I'm, like, song. I'm much different than how I look. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah. I love I'm that. like, I'm like awkward and shy which is people are always like, you're shy. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so shy. Anything that doesn't have anything to do with music. I'm like, hi, I'm Casey. Nice to meet you. I would have never guessed that you're shy. Yeah. And even as a little girl, I was too. But anything with music, I'm like, hello, how are you? Is it because that's your element? You can, you feel like comfortable talking about it all? I guess so. I'd always been like, I know what I'm doing. I can back it up. I can talk about it. I can sing. If someone's like, sing, I'll sing. But just in like social settings, I also didn't go to high school. I was homeschooled Mm -hmm. in high school through because of my anxiety and because of music. I was going to say, it probably comes back to your anxiety also. Oh, yeah. No, everything in my life comes back to anxiety. Yeah. Same with me. I mean, I am such an introverted person. Like I could do this because it's, again, something I'm used to doing. And like I did radio for 17 years because I could just talk to myself in a room with nobody around and I didn't have to interact with people. 
but yeah, like when it goes to like going out, like even at shows and stuff, I'm like, okay. Like, <laughs> but, okay. Yeah. My like at social events, I'm just like, hi. Right, right. I'll just be over here being quiet and people think I'm like being a dick and I'm like, no, I'm just not. I'm shy. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm going to say something weird and people are going to look at me funny and then, then I'm going to think about it. Yeah, and then I'm gonna, it's going to be reeling in my head like for the rest of the day. And I'm going to go. Oh, home it's going to be, be like, in my head person, for the next 20 years. Yeah. Like that person doesn't like me. I shouldn't have said that stupid thing. And then like if you came to them and they'd probably be like, what are you saying? Like, I don't even remember what you're talking about. I remember this is like I go to therapy every week for 10 years. Same and here. she's like my best friend. I love her. And <laughs> one of the first things that like really stuck with me that I was learning is she's like, people don't care about you as much as you think they do. Right. Not in a mean way, but they're not going to remember this one little sentence you said that you're going to remember. Because mm-hmm. they're, so they're true. listening and paying attention, but that's not changing their life. Right. They just forgot about it or like it didn't, it, they it didn't heard even, it. They didn't register yeah. enough to where they're going to like retain that in their brain. Or it wasn't even that weird. It's just your head. Right. But right. that was like one of the first things where I was like, Really? And she was like, trust me. And like every time something happens where I'm like, you know, when you're like at a movie theater or whatever, and they're like, enjoy your movie. And you're like, you too. (laughs) I hate that, first of all. But like people really say that to them all the time. Like they're not going to remember just you being like, oh, enjoy your movie. And they're not going to be like, oh, she's so rude. She told me to enjoy my movie. Right, right, right. You're going to think about it, but they're not. You're going to and you're going to think about it like, I shouldn't have said that. Like for the next. Yeah three days until you oh, for until sure. something else happens that you can realize until something else embarrassing happens. Then that's right. what you're thinking about. I heard this. Somebody told me uh, it's nobody care. It, you're like, I don't care what, how did it go? It's like something along the line of like, people don't care. No one cares as much as you think they do. Some, no, but it's like almost like, I don't care about myself, but I'm all I think about something like something oh, like along. That. The, yeah. It's something along those lines where I can't Yo. think of it all that. Yeah. You can write that one down. Take that one. Uh, I'm not even, I'm not even <laughs> mind if I write that down. No. What did you just say? I said, I don't like myself, but I'm all I think about. Okay, cool. All right. That's going to be your next song. Writing credit. Adam Lasicki. Thank you very much. Wrote my first Yo. song today. <laughs> Yo. Um, yeah, something along the line. You could change it, but that's essentially that's uh, what yeah I've heard before. I think I I manipulated it a bit. So writing credit can still. Well, I'll, we'll figure it out. I'll fit it. <laughs> Just kidding. I'll but, make sure uh, to fix you the song when it's done. Amazing! I would love to hear it. Um, that's funny, but yeah, it's the same thing. It's like, like uh, no one cares, but you care, and it's mm-hmm. going to bother you for the rest of the day. But anyway so she executive produces your record does that mean that uh she's putting it out uh or just that she kind of was overseeing the entire project she kind of oversees the entire project and helps me decide and writes with me and you know talks and kind of you know we make this like over full circle plan where it's like i want the album to be part of this genre specifically and these types of concepts and I want it to get the point across blah 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 and to fit all the music and under one umbrella and I mm-hmm. felt like not that girl really did so mm-hmm. and so this concept or the name and title in the song was not you said what a couple months ago not even a couple it was like maybe one and a half oh wow so then you're like okay I got it this is the song. I want this to be the record. And then pretty quickly you put it out the whole thing out. Yeah, no, it was, it, it's, it was kind of a crazy t- experience of that. Okay. And I just remember, I was like, I don't want this to be the EP title when I changed it. And we kind of discussed, like, I feel like I have a different little vision for it. And she was like, okay, like, let's work on that. Make sure we know what we want and then go do it. We had a couple more sessions and take it personal. Also, we, I recently wrote take it personal. We wrote in January. Oh, interesting. Okay. So we wrote that January 18th. Wow. And then recorded it like February 2nd. And then it was just, okay, let's put the record out as soon as we can. No, no sense to hold it. Immediately. We loved that song. And I felt like that really fit in with the rock poppy. Mm Mm-hmm angry vibe sure okay that's, that's my fuck you song 
I love it. I think it's, a, I mean, the whole record is awesome. And then how do you land this tour with Jesse McCartney? So, well, I'm very excited. Jesse was actually my very first crush growing up. Oh, that's awesome. Does he know that? Oh, no. When I first met him, I, <laughs> I told him like the first like couple of sentences. I did not mean to say it that soon. It just You're kind like, of I'm Casey, out. And you, I would have a crush on you. And like, by the way, I was in love <laughs> with you when I was four. Other than that, but he like perceived it. So one was like, oh my God, that's so sweet. I'm so glad you're here. And first, like the second I said it, I'm like, oh my God, Casey, you just fucking ruined it. He's not going to want to hang out with you anymore. And then you just thought about that for the the next three days. The nicest guy like I've ever met. And he's incredibly talented. And just like the day we met, like he just gave me so many like tips and we just really connected. And I was like, oh my God, like this is amazing. And so, but like, how did the, um, the tour come about? Yeah. Like how did the tour and everything come about? So this guy, so <laughs> this is a really crazy story. So the beginning of COVID, I released a song called make me hate you. And my friend, mm-hmm. I filmed a little like music video sitting in the corner of my little brother's room with pink hue lights on just singing the song. And my friend that edited it, his parents posted it on their Facebook. And this guy that his dad went to college with was like, yo, like, can I have her email or her number? And my friend texted and was like, yo, can I give your number to this guy? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Whatever. (laughs) And so we started talking. Turns out he married one of my mom's childhood friends and we just became really close and started talking. And he used to manage Jesse when Jesse was little. Wow. Jesse, I guess, was looking for another opener. And he was like, would you be interested in opening for Jesse? And I was like, hell, yes. And so then I guess like he sent my music to Jesse and his team and they liked it. That's incredible. Yeah, what was that news like when you get it? Like, oh, hey, oh, I, cried. Do- I cried. <laughs> I was like, okay, like this is for realsies. And yeah. the tour was originally supposed to be in November, but it got uh, because of COVID. Uh, oh, sure. Was it November 2021 or was it 21. recently? 21. 21. Okay. But it just, yeah, everything kind of got shifted. Yeah. Going into the winter, it kind of got. So we pushed it until I leave on the first. Wow. The so first Saturday, first. was that a Saturday? Sunday. This Sunday. Sunday. And is the, when's the first show? The second the or is it, is it on the, it's on the third Where It's on okay. the third in Cincinnati. Okay. Cincinnati is the first day. I, I moved to Nashville and you're not coming here. So I see I know. how it is. I'm so sad. I'm not going to Nashville. That was like one of the places I really wanted to go. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yeah, I know you should play here. Um, I did Fine. see that because I'm looking at the shore. I'm like, oh, I, oh, they're not coming to Nashville. Um, and you're not playing San Diego either. I noticed. No, I get it. we're playing San Fran in L.A. Yeah, I love San Francisco. I lived there for a bit, too. Um, and you're playing the Wiltern in L.A. That's huge. I am. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm sure you probably went to shows there growing up. Oh, yeah, I definitely have. And then in New York, we're playing at Irving Plaza, which is obviously legendary. Mm hmm. And then wow. also on Long Island. My whole family's from New York, so that's really special. And they get to all come and see it. That's cool. That's really, really cool. And you're doing, wow, so you're doing a huge tour for your first tour. It's a big tour. Yeah, I 34 mean, cities. At, yeah, there's, so, I mean, you're going to be gone from May all the way through the end of June. Like, that's yeah, crazy. And you're playing Emos in Austin. That's a cool venue as well. Yeah. Oh, is it really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, everyone's been telling me all the venues are incredible on this tour. And I was like, okay, great. Oh, Brooklyn Bowl in Philly. Yeah, there's a Brooklyn Bowl here in Nashville. That's where you oh, really? played. Yeah. And there's one in New York too, I think. Oh, really? Oh, obviously Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. There's oh, New yeah. York, yeah. Yeah. Philly and, and Nashville. Maybe another one. I don't know. Somebody's going to be like yelling. Yeah. That, there's, there's a place no called on the tour. Like, obviously, House of Blues has a ton of locations. Right. But that was actually where I saw Hillary at the House of Blues. It's not here anymore in LA. Oh, but, yeah. It's in Anaheim. Yeah. There's one in Anaheim. It was the one that I went to. I want to say it was on Sunset, right on by the Sunset Strip. Yeah. And they moved it. And then it was like next to Disney or it was. It's still is. I think they always had one there. I, oh, I is there totally there's two? Okay. Maybe I'm wrong too. We might like reopened it. Yeah. Who knows? Or but, both right. That's cool. But there's definitely a ton of them all over. And also there's one called the Fillmore that's all over as well. Has yeah. There's a, there's a Fillmore in San Francisco. 
but you're playing uh knob hill sure so that's awesome well this is cool congratulations the tour the record's rad and yeah. uh you said you have an album is that something that you're going to continue working with sophie with uh, that has not even started yet that's just oh like you just have the name you just have the name i just have the name because i've wanted to name a body of work this for as long as i can remember okay well, oh. awesome. Congratulations. Good luck on the tour and everything Thank else. You. That's going to be huge. And I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I had a blast. Awesome. Thank you. I have one more quick question. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Oh, 100%. Okay. So number one, be honest with your feelings because nothing holds you back. Like not being honest and open. And the way you connect with people the most is being honest and open and sharing your experiences because everyone always feels so alone. And no matter what you're thinking, like, oh, I'm going through this alone. Everybody out of the billions of people in this world, at least one person has the same feelings as you do. And if you can help that one person, then that's amazing. I also highly recommend playing an instrument because it helps a lot. <laughs> 